Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we equip you with the tools to succeed in your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. This is episode 80. My name is Arun Kumar, and I am the driver, and I'm joined with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How you doing, Dan? Good noon now for me, but good morning, listeners, uh, uh, if you're listening in the morning. <laughs> I know Arun hates it when I do that. Uh, I'm doing great, you know. Um, I won't lie to you guys. I, I didn't know I was recording today, but you, you know we're, we're rolling with it. Um, and I hope you guys liked our little bit of pleasantries before this episode, if Arun leaves it in. If I leave it in. I think you should. Happens. I thought it was yeah. fun. Sketchy titles. I am <laughs> the king of sketchy title work. <laughs> All right. Quick reminder to start the show. If you like the driven mindset that we discuss on these podcasts, if you're entertained by the banter and the bring a trailer, I mean, random auction sites, appraisal <laughs> competition, and the other various conversation about automotive news or bad drivers or whatever it is that we get into here, please share the show. We are trying to continue to build the driven community nationwide and abroad, and we appreciate every single listener that has continued to join in. I think we're getting close to like three or 4,000 total listens now. Heck and yeah. That really, I mean, you know, I, I don't know three or 4,000 people and obviously 80 episodes in, we're, we're really accumulating a lot of repeat listeners over that time period. But at the same time, that's a lot of different people here in this show. And so I appreciate all of you. And please continue to grow this audience because the more of us there are, the better and more ambitious and goal-oriented and passionate people exist in the world. And we will all continue to make the world a better place. So share the show. Dan, I have a fun fact for you today. All right. Can't wait to hear it. Let her rip. As a automotive shop owner, I get access. I pay for access to service data. So this is manufacturer provided diagrams and information and guides and instructions on how to repair and maintain cars at a really, really, really high level of detail. So today we have a 2016 Lexus NX 300T in the shop. It is uh, basically the the compact SUV that yep. Lexus makes. Yeah, the non-hybrid version. Correct, the non-hybrid yeah. version. And this car, it's actually parked right outside my office right now. I'm looking at it as we speak. I was looking up the service recommended service intervals for this car because part of what we do here is we inspect your manufacturer recommended maintenance intervals and based on your current mileage and based on your past service history, we are going to continue to guide you through the maintenance of your car so that you can prolong all of its different features and overall end up with much smaller bills over time with easily maintained systems that are not being degraded by poor maintenance. So brake fluid, power steering fluid, transmission fluid, differential fluid, all the sort of neglected maintenance items that go beyond just oil changes and air filters. This is everything that a lot of shops are not really thinking about but do need to be done. Yeah, because your average consumer probably doesn't even know they have differential fluid. Or like a fuel filter, coolant. Yeah. All this kind of stuff. So we're educating. We're helping people understand what they need on their cars in order to prolong their life. Yeah, and I feel like it's just going to get worse and as time goes on because uh, cars these days are just becoming more and more throwaway. Like right, people yeah. just aren't keeping them as long. Yep. That goes to the the Hyundai, the 2011 Hyundai. Yeah, I was right. Uh huh. We have a 2011 Hyundai that needs an engine, but to replace the engine on a 2011 Hyundai Sonata, it's book time of 11 hours. It's oh, like man. nothing. It's more than the car. But it's that's no time uh, to replace it, an engine. All right. We did it in a day and a half. <laughs> 
but okay, so here's the fun fact. Lexus recommends on the 2016 NX300Ts that every 30,000 miles, you should replace the key. Um, so apologies for my long pause. I really had to like try and, <laughs> and, and compute that into my brain. Uh, what? Does not compute. Yeah, it, excuse me? Compute. I don't know. That's what it says. Uh, why? <clears throat> Do like the... Is it, it? It's not a push to start. It's too old for that, right? I think it is a push to start. It, oh no, on Lexus would be yeah. Okay, what the fuck? Like fun fact, right? It yeah, is a fun fact. I, I'm I'm definitely googling it later to find out why. Like I just don't like. Does the emitters that communicate with the car just like spontaneously combust after thirty thousand miles? Like would or is it just an error? It, I, but I don't even know why. That's got to be somebody money grabbing. Has to be. But this, the fact that this field is even in the maintenance tables on my service data is insane. Like, why would you ever need to replace a key as part of your maintenance? Maybe the battery. Maybe the battery. But it literally yeah. just says key. But if they mean key battery, then that's fine. I yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. If they yeah. meant, if they meant to put replace key battery instead of replace key, okay, all right, yeah. I'm cool with it. But if they literally meant the key, somebody at Lexus, you're you a demon. Up. You're you a demon. Up. Like yeah. why? Because <laughs> <laughs> programming keys is not cheap. It's not. It's not. It's and it, they're expensive even before the programming. Just given how much, yeah, you know, right? Basically, computer it, hardware have to have it recut and the computer hardware. It, yeah, no. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. That's a new. So one. that's what I got. So, on the complete other end of the spectrum, I would like to discuss a car from an auction site that I would like you to appraise for us, and this is. Getting on to our auction segment here. But before we do that, I'll update the folks on last week's auctions because you would have seen that, first of all, we we recorded back to back two weeks ago or three weeks ago, really, during which time some of the auctions that we were discussing hadn't yet finished. So we're actually like two weeks behind on this. The, uh, Nissan 300ZX that Dan gave me to guess on two weeks oh, ago. Yeah, I guess thirty-five thousand. It went for forty-two two fifty, so I was off by seventeen percent. And that same week, Dan got the Dark Horse 2024 Mustang. He guessed sixty thousand. It went for sixty-seven five hundred, for a difference of eleven percent. Now, the next week. I gave Dan the 91 Taurus wagon. Yes, the, the wagon. dream cruiser. And the current bid with like a day and a half left when we recorded that episode was $7,400 and you guessed 8000 And the final bid was $7,400. It didn't even go up. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally as boring as it gets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it, and on that podcast, I misspoke. I got a text from my mother this morning about... She did not have one. She had a Taurus, but okay. it wasn't the wagon. She had the Chevy version of it. So I'm assuming it, it had been a Malibu wagon maybe then during that time frame. I can't okay. remember what they were called. Or Caprice wagon, uh, who knows? Maybe a Caprice. She, yeah, she had one, but it wasn't a Taurus. It's a, it's the Chevy, equivalent, the Chevy yeah. equivalent. Yeah. All right. All right, good. I'm glad. Glad your uh, your mother is listening to the podcast. It was the first text I received this morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then Dan, you gave me the Daihatsu midget, the pink, oh, yeah, <laughs> the pink Daihatsu midget with cow print interior. Oh now, man, that thing was awesome. This monstrosity, this, this gem of a vehicle, it was at, I think something like $7,000. It when, was, when yeah, we it was nothing. It was under 10 K. I, I think it was at like 6 K. Yeah. And I was looking at comps 
And they were all around like 7,500, eight grand. And I thought because this one was so special with the color and the interior and everything that it would get nine. So I said nine. That was my guess. Then all hell broke loose on the damn auction because I think there were like three hours left when Mm -hmm. you brought this to my attention. The final freaking bid was $16,850. It was a wild series of events. So in the last, basically in the last two minutes on this site, anytime a new bid comes in, the timer resets to two minutes. And so for about half an hour straight, there were three people competitively bidding on this thing once every two minutes from like eight grand up to Mm $16,850. And I was watching the whole time, literally just slapping the table in anguish and fascination. (laughs) Just all of the things. Just imagine me just sitting at my desk, just jaw on the floor, basically, as my entire hard-earned low percentage average on the guesses for this competition that we're in just got demolished by yeah, the single uh, vehicle. It, and I am in just as much awe as you. I w- <laughs> did not see that coming at all. So I thought this thing, I thought it was for sure like an under 10, 10K thing. Yeah. Because of hey. how hideous it is. But watch, I bet we see this thing at like Barrett Jackson or Meekum no. in like 10 years <laughs> and we're going to laugh about it. And because of inflation, it'll go for $250,000. Yeah, no shit, right? There'll be none left in the world, and everyone will want one. Just another thing we're doing with this podcast is accomplishing. Hopefully that you recognize that society isn't necessarily in your favor and that you really should work to make yourself a better person and find political representation that aligns with what you would like to see out of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Holistically, not just on certain issues. And what they actually do, not what they say they're going to do. Anyways, that's enough of that. Dan, this week I have a car that does not need the key replaced every 30,000 miles because this car has only done 30,000 miles in its entire (laughs) life. And it's probably Mm. had, I would say, 10 times as much maintenance in those 30,000 miles as the Lexus would in the same amount of time, even if the Lexus lasts for 300,000 miles, this car will always have a higher maintenance bill. Even if you're doing a $1,000 key replacement every, okay. every 30 on the Lexus. So this sounds expensive. I have for you <laughs> a 1985 Whoa, Ferrari 308 oh. GTSI. Four valve. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Italian version of that. 308. It's yeah. a 308. Uh, the red one. The red one. And it is 45 red. G's. Ferrari red. So it's with 30, the uh, 30,000 miles. Uh, you know, star wheels with the, I don't know if those were fake bolts or real back then, but the common <laughs> 80s wheels. Yeah, it has a gated six speed. Five speed. I think it's hot. Gated five speed. I could never drive this. I would never fit in it. I I love it except for the tan. Like I'm just not a tan on red. Tan interior. Yeah, or red on tan. It's not a huge fan. But I I like it. I do like this car. I'll also mention this seller is a is somebody local to to my my uh, hometown. And I've actually been to this guy's shop. He owns one of the five manual Mercy SVs currently known of in the world. I've sat in that car. I've been to this dealership. I know this is a this is going to be a solid car that this guy just didn't want to represent forever through his dealership. So he's uh, he's selling it on on an auction site instead. So this is a solid car. What do you think, Dan? What do you this think? This is an interesting one because it's not like it's not an 80s Ferrari that most people would like go out and say, this is the one I want. This is probably one of the cheapest 
yeah it's a, you can it's buy, a cheap really. way to get into a ferrari for sure yeah um because it's it's you're looking at a hundred underneath a hundred grand oh yeah for sure it, like guaranteed underneath a hundred grand um this car wait i just read something in the description this 1985 Ferrari 308 was initially delivered to Brentwood Volvo in Richmond Heights, Missouri. Oh, Midwestern car. I guess the Volvo dealership facilitated the purchase of this vehicle for somebody right. in Missouri. I'm going to guess. I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot with this one. Uh Because the current price doesn't match the market, which is really weird. No, that's normal. Just give it some time. Current, yeah. I mean, it went up as we were sitting here. Oh, did it? <laughs> it did, yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say sixty-two and a half. Dramatic, dramatic. Yeah, I just don't know because like if you if you look at the rest of the market for it, like they're like some of your early eighty ones are like anywhere from like mid fifties ish. And then like your eighty fives, eighty sevens, they're they can go higher. <laughs> it's it's not this is some real market analysis we're getting i, I had to look because like i just didn't know but like like there's a there's an 85 that sold on the 18th for 76 so and an 81 that sold on the second for 92 so it's just kind of whoa <laughs> it, 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 they're all over the place but like the like the median is in that 60 range for okay. sure well, this will be a a dicey one for you. Over the yeah, next I think I, this this one's tough because it's the market on it's so strange. All right, all right. But yeah, and then one sold on September second for thirty grand, but it was a project car. Oh god, thirty grand. <laughs> yeah, or uh, on ten six, one sold for uh, an eighty one sold for forty six. So right where this car's at. So it's just kind of. It's interesting. All interesting right. car there. Right. What do you got I, for me? Mine's more interesting. Just more interesting. You know. Oh boy. Uh, the maintenance cost on this car, um, <laughs> it might exceed the Ferrari one day because the parts for it just won't exist. Um, it's a twenty-six thousand mile, nineteen ninety-three Mazda Protege LX sedan. What in the world? Cherry red. It is an ugly car. Kind of looks like a Taurus. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it is currently priced at $4,300. It has one day left. Um, it uh, Unfortunately, it's not a rotary like a lot of those Mazdas from that era. It's an inline four. It's very clean. Very clean. Well, it has twenty six thousand miles. This is this is one of those cars. This is this is a car that belongs in a museum. It's like nobody intended for this thing to still exist with this low miles. Uh, yeah, so that's why I'm saying the maintenance cost might be high because I don't think there are very many '90s proteges left on this planet. You know what's crazy is it's actually quite rusty. Yeah, twenty six because it's from New Jersey. It looks yeah. like. Yeah. Don't look at the door jams. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, this car this car new was twelve thousand dollars right and all the comments on this are just saying oh i had one of these back in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> my college girlfriend had one of these <laughs> yeah it's just you know i almost don't want to believe that that odometer is right that it rolled over <laughs> once you know makes you wonder how this car became a thing. The problem with, with ones like this, based on our competition measure of success, is if I'm off by a thousand dollars, I'm off by you're 20, burned. Yeah. 20% <laughs> or so, potentially. Yeah. I just saw this is just one, you know, that caught my eyes. I quick scrolled before hey, we started this is recording. It's a good one, actually. I I mean I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not happy, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's something different, you know. 
I don't I'm, think it's that bad of a car, though. I think I'm it's gonna, fairly clean for what it is. I'm gonna guess. Let me guess five thousand. Five grand. All right. Five grand. That's that's what we're guessing. All right. Time to get off this website because I'm tired of it pinging at me that stuff's ending. Uh, <laughs> oh, you allowed notifications? Uh, apparently. <laughs> Didn't know I did that. All right. So on to today's topic of inspiration. Now, one of our most popular episodes of all time is entitled How to Find Your Passion. Now, this takes it a step further because once you are passionate about something, that doesn't mean you're good at any piece of it. If you're passionate about motor racing, that doesn't immediately make you good at driving a car around a racetrack. I could be for stopping. Hello. Are you inspired by that? Uh, that dude is inspiring. A hundred percent. Uh, it, that obviously a joke. I could not beat Verstappen around the racetrack. Like <laughs> no way. So we've talked about how to find your passion and there are a number of questions that you can ask yourself in order to just come up with ideas that you then go out and try and see if it's something that you like. Now, beyond your passion, you need to develop a skill set so that you can employ that skill set in the pursuit of your passion so that you dramatically improve your career enjoyment. You'll become more productive, you'll be happier, and as a result, you'll probably make more money and deliver more value to society if you are doing something that you are passionate about. Now, why do we need to talk about inspiration then? Well, just being passionate about something and then trying to build a skill set around that thing doesn't get you anywhere immediately. One, skill sets take a long time to develop. And two, you don't know right off the bat what your skill set is that you're supposed to learn. If you're super duper passionate about something and you want to do it and you're excited to do it, you can't just go out and buy the book on that thing and then learn all the skills and then be good at it immediately and go to work. That's not well, how it works. I, I, I like to look at it too is, is like you can be passionate about doing something like racing a car, but you don't have like to actually go do it. You have to be inspired to go buy that race car or buy a car to go race. Like, like, you can be passionate and watch racing all day, know every stat line of, of every driver. Sure. Yeah. But it's not inspiring you to actually go do it yourself. And also, though, you may get inspiration from watching a Formula One race, but that's the top of the top. Yeah. And how do you get there? Because you might not know the first step that you need to take. Do you go buy a helmet and rent a car? Do you go rent a car without a helmet <laughs> you start know, beating like, up on the 12 year olds at the local go-kart track oh geez okay <laughs> <laughs> it, but basically it takes research to find the next step that you need to take and in order to find that next step you're deriving inspiration from research so that is sort of the definition that I want us to land on and, and kind of base this whole conversation around. So does that make sense? I think for a starting point mm -hmm. that, that basically great, you're in love with something and you want to start pursuing it. You're not just going to know what to do right away. So you have to go out and figure out what it is you need to do. And in order to do that, there are a number of different sources available. Are you, and so, are you telling it, me I have to crawl before I can run? Not only that, not only that, you have to find the inspiration. Yes. To crawl. To what comes after crawling? Walking? Uh, stumbling. <laughs> standing up. <laughs> yeah. Just standing it's a whole long a, process. Yeah. Standing on an escalator. <laughs> yeah. Standing on a flat escalator, then standing on a real escalator. Yeah. Ooh. 
some advanced stuff we're doing here in our evolution in, in the 21st century. All right, so there's a four-step process that I have devised for how to come up with inspiration. And this is inspired ooh, by my own experiences and Dan's own experiences with finding that inspiration. So we're going to base these four steps in some of our own experiences so you have a good idea of what it is we're talking about here. So step one to find inspiration is that you let what I'm calling gravitational pull do its work. And so what this really means is you know what you're passionate about innately. And if you don't immediately have the words come to your head, then you go back and listen to the podcast we did on how to find your passion. And you start there and you follow those steps and ask yourself those questions in order to arrive at a conclusion for, okay, this is something that I want to test for my passion. So go do those things. That's, that's what you need to decide to do. You need to decide that, okay, I am going to move in this direction. I am going to look into pursuing this passion. So that's step one. For me, what that looked like, and I did this for years, was I knew I wanted to run automotive shops. I knew I wanted to eventually own a shop. So for years, I have been researching all of the listings available on the entire internet for automotive shops for sale. That is one of the ways in which I dabbled in the initial stages of looking into that gravitational pull. Dan, what do you have for, for an example that we're going to walk through today? So my gravitational pull um, actually came as like, like as I entered the automotive industry, um, you know, I just, I was just doing my lowly little content creation thing, you know, photoshopping, you know, window tint on vehicles. And, uh, you know, after, after like looking at so many different ones and makes models, um, you know, the one that landed was, uh, Ford Mustang. And, you know, I, and I was really passionate about them. I started doing more research and, uh, that's how I fell into buying one. <laughs> <laughs> the old Mustang. Yes, sir. So, yeah, that, that's just kind of the gravitational pull of doing my work um, and looking at so many different vehicles kind of brought me into something I like doing. All right. So once you find what you like, go do all the research. So that can look like a bunch of different things depending on what it is we're talking about. In this case... You know, Dan has an example about about a car, about a passion that he wanted to get into. For me, it's a career path, if you want to call it that, a business venture that I wanted to get into. So the next step is go do all the research. And so for me, what that looked like was walking into every shop that I could find for years. Whether that was the body shop that fixed my Passat when I was 16, 17, I think. And going and hanging out with the the body techs mm-hmm. pretty much every day after school or getting into, <laughs> unfortunately, still the, the Volkswagen, the, uh, the dealership and talking to the service advisor about what it is that they were doing on my car and trying to better understand it all the way through working on my own cars to get a feel for what it's like from the DIY perspective when I got a little older. That was how I did a bunch of research on all the different ways in which you can experience the automotive service industry because I have been passionate about it since I was a kid. What research did you do? So for me, it was really centered around what could a 19-year-old kid afford. <laughs> um, I've so been on for, the insurance as much as on the car. You know what? My insurance really wasn't that bad. I was I that's a shocked. shocked. Um, <laughs> so, so my research was really based around, you know, what was actually available in my area because when I was buying my first one, it was starting to come into the tail end of the S197 mm-hmm. and, and going into the S550. Thank God during those years, uh, nothing came out early. 
2024 didn't come out in early 2023. So <laughs> I didn't really have to deal with that. So what was available, what was built, what was on local car lots, and then what did I want option-wise? Um, and I came to the conclusion I wanted I wanted a black car. What a rookie move. And uh, I wanted it just to be as simple as it got. Just a base model, manual car, nothing else. Be nuts. careful because you're talking to a guy that owns now four black cars. I know. Dude, it's the best <laughs> color. I, I, I will hands down tell you it's the best color. The worst to clean always. Oh, yeah. Oh, because yeah. you clean it, and five minutes later, it's dirty. <laughs> if not sooner. You can't get all the water spots off even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like building building them online. Was there anything similar in the area? How many dealerships had it? What was the cheapest price? Could I even get a loan for one? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, then how to how and then how to get out of the lease that I was in on my wonderful Ford Ooh. Fusion. Ooh, yikes! Yeah, talk about a car that'll end up on an auction site later i loved that fusion very much <laughs> all right so one other note that i want to add here is that gravitational pull might evolve over time and so mm -hmm. while for me at first it was just getting into automotive service what it became was really revolutionizing automotive service because i was heavily disappointed with my own experiences in the industry and i figured from my own experience, that it could very easily be done better. I don't want to be deceived, delayed, and disappointed by every single shop that I go into. I want to have an experience that's transparent and educational and informative and confidence-inspiring, even if it's more expensive. Right, 100%. You can always refer back to number one, changing. Because like me getting into cars changed my trajectory in my professional life sure you know i realized hey i want to do more with this right and then you know then you start gravitating towards well what can you do on the business side to further yourself with your passion that you've been inspired to do were there were there any other cars that caught your eyes as you were photoshopping window tint oh man uh just about every single lexus i ever really photoshopped on this planet yeah because we had we had a huge huh. Huge Lexus dealership down in South Carolina that was like our big customer. And we did some wild stuff for them. I mean, wild stuff. Um, and uh, they, I saw enough of them that I was like, man, I want a Lexus. Hmm. Right. An LFA was always on the, oh, the okay, list yeah, of yeah, cars. Yeah. <laughs> but like now I'm like, I don't know about the LFA. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of Lexuses I looked at for a long time. All, right, all, all right. the F sports from that yep. era, like the 2013 era, are awesome. I actually test drove a, a GS 350 F sport once, once mm -hmm. upon a time, for exactly that reason. Yep. Yeah. All otherwise, right. no, nah, not, not really. We did a lot of, lot of truck stuff and a lot of Lexus stuff. It wasn't very rarely saw Corvettes, Camaros. Think the Charger and Challenger were out then? They just weren't the good-looking ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> they, yikes! Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. Well, that, so that'll take us on to to step three of finding and creating inspiration for yourself. Ask yourself what works. So now you've done the research. You have the initial gravitational pull that got you to the research. So you're starting to get some bubbles of inspiration there beneath the surface. You're starting to cultivate a more refined focus for this passion of yours and for the direction that you can really take. So you've done all this research and you're starting to see, hey, do I want an automatic Mustang? Do I want that F-Sport whatever g g s i s whatever whatever lexus you wanted or do i really see myself because i am a badass 19 year old in a six speed black blacked <laughs> out v8 mustang it's a man's car <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and for me it was okay yeah i want to and have for some reason glamorized getting into the automotive industry despite the fact 
that there's a stigma around it. And despite the fact that it looks highly stressful and despite the fact that I never have a good experience with it, for some reason, I still want to get into it. So I need to figure some more things out here because I don't want to just fall into that same bucket. And so part of my research landed on other podcasts and Facebook groups where there were other people talking about how we can revolutionize the automotive service industry. And I immediately clicked with that crowd. And I realized that they were actually succeeding in revolutionizing the industry and their customer perception from their own experience and and sharing that experience on those forums. And so that's step three is refining your focus based on what works. So you decide based on your own research, you make a judgment call as to the direction you want to go. Because once you start that research, you'll realize there are infinite paths available to you. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to narrow the funnel. And you've done that research and you have to pointedly decide this is specifically where I want to go. So once you've done that, step four is where it all comes together into a final action item that I want to highlight for this podcast. We live in an era today where there is endless, 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 endless documentation available on the internet from every single type of venture out there. So whether you want to buy an S197 in 2023 or an S550 or an ISF or you want to buy a shop or you want to become a technician or you want to start flipping houses or flipping couches or have a family whatever it is yeah what 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 he's talking about here is <laughs> is I know Dan really loves to hate on the internet and the things it's done to society but this is the good part of it and I think I'll refine it a little bit to say YouTube is a very, very powerful tool. And there Mm -hmm. are certain Instagram accounts of people who do it right, where they educate through their stories, through posts, they're educating and they are informing you on the realities of their life. But this is honestly why the Driven Diary now exists. It's because... I am yet another layer of the tapestry on YouTube, <laughs> you could say. To but, you know, it's the tool it's supposed to be. You know, there's yeah. so many people out there documenting their their passions and how, you know, they came up with their inspirations to change and do better. Well said. Well said. And so the reason that this whole podcast topic came up for me is because I found myself watching some really undervalued YouTube channels that I wanted to not individually promote, but to say, this is the untapped resource that I think a lot of people could be missing. Mm -hmm. That there are people out there in the world who can share in your passion with you, who have done the same research as you and have landed in a very similar place to you. And who you can learn from through YouTube as to what next steps you need to take, what information and knowledge you need to absorb so that you can better do the thing that you want to do. So whether that's a car review on YouTube, or in my case, it's a lot of entrepreneurship vlogs that go through people's early stages of a business and struggling through those early stages. That's exactly what I need right now to continue to derive inspiration because there are people just like me all over the world who share in this journey of trying to build a business from the ground up who make mistakes just like me and who can share their mistakes and share what they learned from them and how they solve those those issues on YouTube and I can go there and I can watch those videos and then I can take that information and apply it in my own life And the 15 minutes that I spent watching the video is a significantly easier tuition payment than making that same mistake for myself. Mm -hmm. So what kind of, what kind of those resources have you looked at over the years 
yeah with the mustangs and, oh man yeah <laughs> this, this hit me hard uh in like 2016 after i got the s550 and uh and i'll kind of mix three and four together on this okay. I, I think they can go hand in hand um especially if you're talking about cars like i am um you know i took inspiration from what worked as far as like parts um yeah. you know what what people were doing to go the fastest they possibly could with a goal in mind you know my goal was build it from the ground up maybe add boost later so i you know i kept it na um but uh there's a lot of competition in my town mustangs were everywhere but i wanted to be the best had to be the best so i took what was working for them what was you know actual in-person interactions talking to them what they had done and then also the endless amounts of facebook groups that were talking about parts and posting time slips i'm still in somewhere like they're doing like the micro records like fastest na s550 without a passenger seat in it you know kind of <laughs> kind of records and, and like the, yeah. it's like the little things like the guys that are doing like all the r&d and in determining like this is the best and why and i took inspiration on my build on like okay this works this kind of works this doesn't work this is how i want to move forward with it and win all the money in the trophies <laughs> <laughs> the results really. yeah I, and, and, and yeah i wanted i wanted my car to pr- produce results and i had an end goal that i wanted to win races with it and uh i won a few goal was met go. to there some capacity i didn't it didn't go as fast as i wanted it but <laughs> for what it was what the build was and, and what inspired me to do it it met those goals did it, it need a driver mod uh no i was the driver mod okay Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, there there weren't any I, I I'm going to toot my own horn here. There was not <laughs> an NA coyote in town that was competing with me, automatic or manual. There was not one. So you're saying you have that micro record? I had it in Omaha, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> yeah, the I, fastest I, Omaha S five fifty non boosted. Yes. At the time. At yeah, at that time. <laughs> Guaranteed. I, I I would hands down. There may have been cars that posted faster times, but in a heads heads up race, no way. All right, all right. And okay, so you you threw out one thing there that I absolutely want to highlight because I did not consider it ahead of time. Facebook groups are another really 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 good resource. Mm-hmm. There are some absolute shit Facebook groups out there that are completely toxic and useless, but there are others that they have fostered a really strong community that is educational, inspiring, and useful for exactly this purpose. You can be in there and just read. It's great if you post and it's great if you have a, you have an informed question to ask where you're basing the question on the research that you've already made in the group. Don't go don't join a group and then immediately post. Yeah, immediately the post. Question. Use the damn search bar, right? Use the search <laughs> bar. And then once you've accumulated all the information ask your super nuanced and informed question those are cool and the comment threads on those are really good yeah and they're usually the ones that are a couple hundred long like like my audi group is really good with this yeah because like it's such a like i wouldn't say it's an exotic thing to be messing with but maybe it is (laughs) in the states because everything's (laughs) expensive here for it um but like, there are some questions that are asked. I'm like, dude, I had no idea like that was even a thing. And and like, I'm in coyote groups, and people are still asking questions that are like, I wouldn't have asked that question in 2016. Like, well, but it's, it's good like, to know now. Your, what's your fuel trims when you're running this much meth? And a hundred percent, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like what? What's the perfect spark plug gap for running oh. E75? <laughs> like, you know, like that. That those are questions. Like, I don't know the answers to, but That's maybe that group ass, does. Yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah. What? What's the engine ignition angle at wide open throttle? Oh my! Like, God. all right. <laughs> Yeah, over my head. <laughs> yeah, but, it's over my head. Like I, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. But so but so that actually all of those were a perfect example of the sort of questions you don't even know you need to ask. Mm-hmm. That's another form of inspiration right there. So that's what this comes down to. You're passionate about something, you go and you dive deep into all of it. You find a ton of research that's out there. 
then you refine the path. You refine the path based on you deciding what works. And as you go through the research, you'll be able to eliminate certain paths. You'll find interest in certain paths and you'll be able to continue to refine that path as you walk down it. Once you've done that, then you go and you dive to the deepest level on specific, I'll call them content creators, although that's not necessarily what people are intending to do, but that's just what's happening. Yeah, it's it's organically happening. Yeah, Facebook group, YouTube, whatever it is. There are people out there with the deepest level of knowledge and, and question asking and whatever it is on a subject that you can derive inspiration from. Oh yeah, there are people on my friends list and in my contacts in my phone that I will forever have them in my life for the answers that they can give me about some things. Yeah. Now, (laughs) there's a fifth step that I did not mention, but I'll call it 4B. It's not 4B. It's 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 (laughs) it's its own step, but it's it's unrelated to the the process of deriving inspiration. It's what you do with that inspiration. You take action. Now you are way too informed Uh to not take action. You've dedicated a lot of time to learning everything that you can in order to take the correct action. Yeah, now now you're the guy or gal that's asking a question not often, but people are asking you questions often. You're now answering them. But at the end of the day, the way in which you will be able to create rich answers to all those questions is experience. Mm-hmm. It's experience. So I don't care how much you've read and researched, blah, blah, blah. You can take inspiration really only to the extent that you need to be inspired to take action. And then from there, there's a balance on the tuition payments, as I've already said, between making mistakes for yourself and getting inspiration and education from others so that you don't have to make those same mistakes. But at the end of the day, you need to keep moving forwards and you will contribute and take from all of these different resources that are available to continue to provide inspiration to others and take it for yourself as you continue down the path. And so at the end of the day, you found your passion already. Go back and listen to that episode. Once you found your passion, this is the steps to take in order to get to a point where you're taking action. I think yep. that's something that we missed addressing on that last episode. And that is, like I said, it's the most popular episode. So go back and listen to yeah. it if you haven't. So it's like uh, it's like the Matrix red pill, blue pill. You take take one pill and, you, and the story stops. You take the, the other one and it keeps going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so wait which one are we telling people to do the uh, red pill i believe it's been so a while since i've seen the matrix but yeah i believe it's the, the red pill we're part of the red pill mafia now yeah pretty much oh, yeah geez. bringing bringing uh aggressive yelling masculine <laughs> podcasts back <laughs> i think that's what uh, that actually is <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's that's a different world <laughs> Uh, All right. Do you have anything else on this topic of inspiration, Dan? No. Uh, you know, I I just like that ending part of you know. I kind of think of it as like book smart versus street smart. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And like, yeah, you can you can go to college and you can read all the books and say you're qualified to go do this job, but if you don't actually experience it on a day to day basis. Like if you're not going to get a job in the four years of your college, it's directly correlated to your degree. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like so. Like I see it as like, yeah, you you take the experience and then you share it with the world. Well said. Yeah, I think it's on all of us today to go out and have experiences and then share them to the extent they're educational and inspirational to people. Yeah. Yeah. And it is the red pill. You take the red pill Thank and you. it takes right. you down the rabbit hole. <laughs> gotcha. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to follow us and get some more inspiration from what we do, there are a number of ways to do that. So first of all, this podcast, please go out and leave a review on 
Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you've enjoyed listening, we appreciate every five-star review that we get. And once again, I'll remind you to share the show with others so that you can continue to build the Driven community around you. We also have a YouTube channel called Driven Diary. That's where every Monday we're uploading a Driven Diary episode that is covering the day in the life of me and what we're doing here with We Are Driven and Driven Auto Co. and everything else that goes on in my mostly business business life on a week-to-week basis. We have uh, the Discord channel, which has a couple of different pieces to it. We have a 4 a.m. daily motivational message that I live write. So for the past couple of weeks that I've been in Europe, the time difference has been all messed up for people and they're getting messages at midnight. It's been cool being awake (laughs) and then like knowing that Arun's waking up like soon because like it's like bedtime for me. (laughs) And like I'm seeing him write his motivational thing in there. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting all fired up right before bed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we have that part of the Discord, and then we also have a, a private uh, group section where the most driven among us congregate to share in detailed conversations about business, fitness, and cars in order to achieve that pursuit of excellence that we are all after. And lastly, you can connect if you have a question specifically for us or need directions to one of those previous platforms that I just mentioned, you can connect with Dan or myself on social media. So Dan, where can people find you? Uh, Dan LaRue on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, It's Dan underscore LaRue uh, on Instagram. Oh my God, I can't speak today. Oh boy. Uh, And and, uh, D LaRue at TikTok, (laughs) I think. Uh, I have not looked at my TikTok in quite some time. That's that's fair. I've been a little off has. of it lately. It's just been uh it's not it's just not an app I I enjoy. Yeah, it's I tried like, I tried like, to enjoy it. It didn't stick. It yeah. just didn't stick in my head. Yeah. That's something I'm interested in. By the way, you have been talking for the last fifty three minutes and doing an excellent job. So Oh, thank you. You, you know, you, I I'm I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh and if you for some reason think Dan has not been doing a good job of talking and would rather talk to me. <laughs> I guess uh, just tell Arun to fire me, you know. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm at Arun D Kumar on Instagram or Arun Kumar on Facebook and LinkedIn. And that's all we got for today. So, we appreciate you listening and until next time, stay true.